Basil or basil? Well, this is not the plant. This is a basal metabolic rate. Or is it basil metabolic It's not. It's basal metabolic You're putting a different emphasis on a different syllable. Hey, no. Hey, you stop that right now. So if you're one of those people that love to have heavy music, you know, smashing out loud in your ears, oh, get pumped up, ah, to get a big lift, that's cool. Use earphones, crank up the stereo, whatever gets you going. Is it always going to work? No. So you want to find a good balance between how well your body can move and how strong you are. Yeah. So... It's really yeah. just to improve either performance or reduce the risk of injury. If someone started doing that, they're like, I've just got to get another six burpees and they were splashing around their piss. I'd be like, out of here. <laughs> Go clean up, please. Yeah. Are we going to beep that out? Yeah, no, we say, how dare you? How dare you? Does it mean birth or bursts? I, no, nah, uh, it's meant to be burst. <laughs> it says birth. I was like, well, what is an adrenaline I was, birth? I was is that just quickly. a really intense pregnancy? <laughs> yeah, it's an <laughs> adrenaline birth. Ah, it's coming! <laughs> Baby. All right, no. Old Mr. Uh, Thunderguns right here. He's been out the last few. Yeah. Remember when we were hiding him in the videos? That was great. We stopped doing that. Yeah. We should really get him back in. I'm now. down. But uh, until then... Welcome back, everybody, to The Big Flex. Welcome back. It has been a hot minute since we've done one of these podcasts. Oh, we say that every time because yeah. there's usually a little well, bit not, of a break not, in time. Not every, every time. time. The last few times, yeah. we have, we've just been really busy because we're so unbelievably popular. Yeah, so yeah that's, um, there's that. It's a thing. Yeah, it's it a is, gift. It is. It's a gift and a curse. It's been busy, so we yeah. haven't been doing too many of them, but yeah. we decided that one of the podcasts we'd get back into was the Questions and Answers podcast, which people seem to really enjoy. So, uh-huh. so um, that'll be fun. And today's one's a good one. We got some really good questions. There's definitely some interesting questions up there. Wait, one sec. One sec. What are you doing? I can, I can only hear you in my... Oh, hang on. No, no, I can just change it from here. You can hear me? In my right ear. Um, I'll just make sure these are both plugged in all the way. How's that? You can oh, hear yeah, both? Yeah, yeah, they just yeah. was not plugged cool, in. Cool, cool. All right, I got you. All right, perfect. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, there's actually quite a few questions. So if it goes for too long, we might break it into part A, part B. Um, well, well, but we're just going to, we're going to do the whole thing now. First of all, before, yeah. before, before we get stuff into it, oh my for people God. who don't know how these work, there's a questions and answers podcast. So people in the gym have asked us questions. So our members. Also questions that have been questions. left on YouTube. Some from, we do always ask at the end of them for you to leave your questions. That's it. Deb left three questions um, on exactly. the YouTubes. So they're to, um, to mostly read. our members or anyone who would like to ask questions after these podcasts. And then we get through, we take out the silly ones because there's often silly ones. And yep. then we try and get through as many as we can. Yep. So yeah, it's mainly people from our gym asking questions. Some of it's very specific to our stuff. Some of it's just general. So that's, uh, if that's, you have any good right. questions that you want answered by some very intelligent people. Oh, and, and here's the deal, guys. If we don't know the answers and we can find it, we'll look up some scientific peer-reviewed journal articles for you. Yep. Um, we're not doing research. Those beautiful people have done the research for us and we just go and find it for you to break down. Um, but a lot of the ones uh, we sort of know already, which is super handy. Um, and some of the ones... Um, some of the ones like guys one, you know, you don't need to be a genius to know the answer to that. And we'll get back to, we'll circle back around to that. But um, also before we start, if you haven't done so already, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. We are up over 500 now, well over 500, which is great. On the way to 1,000 is the goal here. And I must say, all right, shout out to all the ladies that have been watching our, our shorts because, so the shorts are those little one, 15 seconds to one minute clips I've been putting up. Yep. Because normally our demographics are like 97.3% male. All dudes. All dudes. A big sausage fest up in here. So um, shout out to all the ladies who've been watching our content, <laughs> watching our shorts. Uh, we appreciate well, you. Well, to be fair, you've been doing a lot more lately. I've been trying my best. Post content every single day, Dude, daily, which is great. The, and reel, the reel that I put up of, of Megan, and I'm gonna, we're going to watch it now and then I'll, I'll put it up uh, 
we'll watch, we'll watch it, it live. You watch it as well. You'll watch it with it. us. Yeah. But this reel right here, let's find it. Look at it. It's over 100,000 views now. 100,000. 100,000. 100, so I'm turning the volume off. Yeah. But we can uh, we can watch here. For anyone who doesn't know Megan, yep. she just loves to do this. Perfectly often in, in the perfectly gym. embodied. Um, this video really captures. It captures her personality. It captures her essence. It catches. It catches. Megan. That's it. In all of its glory. Yeah, it's great. And so uh, that's got a hundred thousand views now, yeah. guys. It's popped off, which is great. That one's on um, on. The TikTok, the Strength Institute TikTok page, the Strength Institute Instagram Reels, and also the Strength Institute uh, Facebook Reels. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. You've been making a lot more. I've been really trying. I've sort of set myself a a side goal because it's kind of like, oh yeah, I'll do a couple posts a week to keep things, you know, in touch with everyone on the social media. But then like you just don't do them because you get busy, mm. and it's like it's hard for me to like make sure I'm always filming people for stories and this and that. So now basically when everyone does a big lift, I'm getting videos, I'm getting your videos, I'm getting their videos from training, I'm getting videos from competition and I'm trying to get, stay ahead. My goal is to do one social media post per day for 365 days, a full year of posting and just see what happens. And I've actually already had, uh, and that's across multiple things. So it's basically the Strength Institute TikTok, the Strength Institute Instagram page, the Strength Institute uh, Facebook page and YouTube. So they're the four main platforms that these things get posted on and there'll be one on at least one of them, but usually all of them per day. Um, so it's good. And I've already got a big bump up in um, like subscribers on the Instagram, the Facebook, a couple of TikTok is quite small still. Um, it's, it's helped the YouTube a little bit. I the views are going the, up. Those really short watching. ones, I think those ones people are more likely to watch. Yeah. You know, you get uh, so many more people, especially the way that TikTok is now and Instagram and, it, mm. and everything's reels and you could just flick through and you don't even have to watch anything. I'm getting really bad with that now because I'm like, flick through stuff. And if it doesn't interest me within the first 0.5 seconds, I'm like, next, my attention span <laughs> is getting painfully... That's what we call the, that ADHD. It's, it's My man, my man. Well, it's like everyone now is getting to experience that. Right. You know? It's just yeah, the yeah, way yeah, that... Yeah, yeah. So TikTok did it first, then Instagram copied it. And now there's like reels on everything and there's like and shorts seven on seconds, YouTube. 15 seconds. I think it's 15, 30 or 60 depending on the, the platform. The good thing about that for you doing this is that more people are likely to watch much shorter versions yeah. of them. So and, they're just seeing You know what? There's, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason. It's like I put that same video of Megan up on TikTok, Instagram reels yeah. and Facebook reels. It has like 80 views on TikTok. It has like two and a half thousand views on Instagram and then a hundred thousand views on people Facebook. People say that there's algorithms, but I don't think that there really are. I think, well, I think they all just have slightly different algorithms so it well, like no, the, pops the, off the different platforms th definitely have different Correct. algorithms they target different audiences like mm. facebook i think is for a much older demographic so like they're the some might say the mature different. age the mature aged folk some i'm all about that some i'm all about that facebook that. facebook life right? um, yeah they target different demographics like tiktok is for children basically and hey, if you, you're a grown adult and you enjoy tiktok you're a child <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah it targets entirely different demographics tiktok as well is different i think that it's not even it's from initially China. targeted to people. It's from China. It will just be pushed to a certain amount of people anyway, and then the algorithms kick in. They're too. definitely, so like yes. They, no they all work very, very differently. Yeah. But the good part about that is this experiment for you, like we were talking about before, is that yeah. it's just fantastic. Yeah, well, I mean, so far it's going well. Like, it's, yeah, it's so far it's going well. Um, yeah. Subscriber count's increasing, views are going up. Mm -hmm. um, I know Fiona was like, you got to do your reels and your shorts. I'm like, yeah, whatever, Fiona. And then I'm like, damn it, she yeah. was right. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, Fiona, you were right. Yeah, and I think that's it, right? It's just power, power of numbers. Yeah. You get 100,000 people flick through your reels and no one really cares, but you'll get like maybe one fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth, twelfth of those people will actually be like, oh, this is interesting, and then go to your page. But the fact yes. that they're seeing it at all is... Correct, yeah. 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 So it is good. Um, anyhow, 
like, subscribe, jump onto all those platforms, and have share a look with your friends. At the amazing content. It's pretty fun, guys. Yeah. yeah. And there's a good variety of we have tutorials, we have podcasts, we have mm-hmm. educational podcasts, we have fun podcasts, we have competition breakdowns, we have fun reels of just like Expl- you know, different lifts, heavy lifts, explosive we've things. Got it's some, good. It's good. We've got some plans. I should say, you've got some plans of some just fun ones that we're going to do that have nothing to do with the gym. It's going to be amazing. And they're just silly. It's so going to be amazing. Keep your eyes peeled. For those. All right. Shall we start? Uh, yes. Question and answer. Uh, I, is that the order that you want to move through as well? Or is it just going to be like, we'll see what happens? Yeah, I mean, more or less. Yeah. Uh, more or less. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I would yeah, say, yeah. I mean, we'll start with Sarah, who um, has asked uh, Do multiple adrenaline bursts. Can they affect your body weight? And the reason why Sarah, I'm assuming the reason why Sarah asked this is because she's, you know. Uh, Wait, that says birth. Does it mean birth or bursts? I, no, uh, it's meant to be burst. <laughs> it says birth. I was like, well, what is an adrenaline I was, birth? I was writing Is that just quickly. a really intense pregnancy? <laughs> yeah. It's an <laughs> adrenaline birth. Ah, it's coming! <laughs> Baby. All right, no. Um, so uh, do multiple or lots of uh, short adrenaline bursts, um, can they affect your body weight? And... There wasn't really any research that I could find um, on that. And just from sort of, I guess, if I'm looking at things as scientifically as I can, I can't imagine that it would. Sarah asked this because she works in a job that has some high risk. Um, are you allowed to say what she does? Uh, yeah, maybe. I think, yeah. yeah. She's a police officer. And so she chases bad guys sometimes. She has to jump a fence. So, like, yeah, the heart rate gets up and goes pounding. Um, I cannot imagine that that would negatively affect uh, body weight. And I think that was the main question is, uh, is it ne- can it negatively affect body weight? I mean, there's been a little bit of, um, I guess you right? could, I guess it depends on the level of stress that you experience. Like if you have a very high risk, uh, job where you're constantly stressed out mm-hmm. all the time, you can get like, if you've heard of adrenal fatigue, that sort of yes, thing, but yeah. that would be under really extreme and I think that, I think that would be, yeah, a uh, high stress all the time. Um, which I don't think because that's been then a chronic issue. I well, think what we're looking at here it, right? so is more about... like bursts. So like if you have to chase someone once a day or, and I don't even know if she's chasing people once a day, right? But like, let's just say, for example, if it's once a day, like I, I don't think that's going to be enough because you might chase someone once a day, but people that are lifting heavy weights and doing a yeah, 1RM um, or heavy ass weight sets, like they're also going to get a bit of adrenaline yeah, pump, you know? Point. So, so I don't, I, think, I don't that... think the acute response would would be negative effects for body weight at all yeah i think, I think that it would chronically more be the, the stress i think yeah no, i don't think the adrenaline would be that much of an issue because that's something that yeah it's yeah i think you're dead on there yeah. i think it's more the stress of the situation if you're constantly experiencing adrenaline burst because you've got a very stressful very engaging job then you could develop a type, like a chronic fatigue stress yeah i would say be more of a chronic issue, issue from that and also like if you are really having to be switched on all day and you've had a couple of little adrenaline bursts and you're stressed out you're probably when you get home less likely to want to be active you're probably more happy yeah. just to like curl up and relax do you know what i mean yeah and so that's probably um the effects that you're finding you know from the stress and everything of work is carrying into the personal life but i don't think having a few bursts of adrenaline a day is actually going to negatively affect um or positively affect your body composition and body weight yeah. So that's our, that's our answer to you, Sarah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't find any sort of like scientific literature on that, but I think um, I think there is plenty that would show that long term and chronic stress and fatigue can affect body mass. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I would agree. The the adrenaline bursts. It's there to aid performance, right? Something right. intense happens, and so you need that quick yeah. burst of energy. But Same I don't think it's enough like, to like go no, into metabolic no, fatigue. Like people do that in the gym four or five times a week, where they're right. trying to get pumped for a lift. It's the same sort of thing. You're trying to do that on purpose, and that. Is beneficial for you when you're training. Correct. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and, and that sort of leads into Sarah's second question, which is uh, what, um, are some, uh, what, what are the best or what are some good fatigue management stra- strategies? Oh, so many resources here. First of all, I guess you could say, if you look at the Strength Institute, uh, the, the, the Strength the, Institute podcast, the smart version. It's just called the Strength the Institute podcast. <laughs> the this Strength Institute podcast. The Big Flex podcast. And then the we have Institute the Strength podcast. Institute yeah. podcast. The one on sleeping. There's yes. some really good tips for yes. improving your sleep quality. I believe it's episode six. I believe six might be seven or eight. Um, maybe it's number four. I don't know. It's in the first, it's in single digits. It's one of the single digit podcasts. And it's with PhD sleep scientist, Dr. Ian Dunnikin. And it uh, goes into basically what is sleep, why it's important, why it's so important for recovery. So go and watch that one. I'll link it there. Look at the thing. Top right. Point to it to Adrian up here. Up. You're out of the camera. There. Here. Yeah, up there. There. Okay. okay. Um, um, I've said this before as well. I yeah. think out of all the podcasts you've done, I actually think that one was by far the most helpful as well. It, it, it's yeah. actually, yeah, a super um, – yeah, I'm going to get him back on because it was a super um, informative podcast. Yeah. But look, sleep strategy uh, – sorry, uh, fatigue management strategy. Sleep is probably the most important. Yeah. Right? Nutrition, also super important yeah. because if you're not fueling your body, your mind's going to get foggy, you're, you're not going to – you know. Nutrition is so important for, for both recovering the mind and the body, right? People say you are what you eat. That That is actually surprisingly profound because it's super true. If you constantly eat sugary foods, processed stuff, fast foods all the time, you're putting that stuff into your body and feeding your body with it. You're feeding your body with garbage. It's right. like putting it's like putting really low quality fuel in your car that's contaminated. Like it'll right. run, but it's not going to last very yeah. long. And versus don't be- putting premium quality in, which is supposed to be beneficial for the Correct. Engine, right? Cleans out the junk. Now, don't be confused with say, like, hey, you could still eat nothing but junk food and lose weight if you're in a calorie deficit. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that the quality, quality of food does matter. And, and do this for yourself. If you eat Hungry Jacks all, all week, um, you're not going to feel good by the end of the week. But if you eat really good, fresh foods, whole foods, by the end of the week, you're usually feeling a bit more alert, a bit like just you just feel better, right? Yeah. So nutrition, really important. If you're like trying to lose weight and you're in a big calorie deficit all the time, it's not going to help with your recovery or fatigue management. You're going to no. be tired and cranky all the time yeah. as well. So you have to try to balance out your nutrition with your sleep. They're the two most important things. I'd say another one would be, uh, I say this to people sometimes, yeah. and I'm guilty of this all the time as well, okay. and people always come up short. What do you do? What do I do? Once a week yeah. or more. What do you do to look after Nevin? What do I do to look after Nevin? Yeah, like what's one thing that you do where you take time out this of your day? This is a G-rated podcast. This is PG-13. This is for all ages. To ages. just focus on yourself. To focus on myself? A lot of people go, oh, I, I don't know. I try to book in a massage once a week with Ash. Yeah. And that's just help with like injuries and stuff like that. But yeah. it's once a week where I take an hour out of my week and it's just me. and Someone else like focusing on me and I can just relax and it's... It's relaxing, right? Yeah. What do you do to look after yourself like that? <sighs> you a know what? Of- I need to look after myself more because I used to do jujitsu and I used to go and strangle people, you know, a couple of times a week and it was great. It's I used to love it. it was the best though, right? fence, right? Makes you it feel was- good about yourself. Well, you know, because then like you would teach them how to strangle people as well. So you would <laughs> strangle them, they'd be like, How did you do that? And then you show them how to get strangled or how to strangle someone else. In a in a in a responsible, safe, safe environment way. at a jujitsu club, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Club, not just taking people down the park, strangling them, no. all right? At Brazilian. So I used to love doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu because yeah. it was fun. It was like a physical event for me that was different than the gym. And I love lifting weights, guys. But when you work here all day and you're doing gym, it's like, I just need to get away from the gym sometimes. Yeah. But I would love to go to jiu-jitsu. I haven't been able to go recently, which is a bit of a, bit of a bummer. But that's something that I'm looking to get back into. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I like massage because I push a lot really heavy, hard all the time. Everything's intense. So to go and do that, I actually have a lot of trouble with just sitting quietly and being calm. So like that is a nice way to bring things back down. 
just do something that's good for you like that. Like mindfulness. mindfulness. Exactly. Mindfulness, guys. Mm. And there's plenty of yeah. mindfulness apps that you can download. Yeah. Yeah. Little meditation apps, things to focus on breathing. Like, so yeah, looking for look look into some mindfulness exercises. Um, uh, look at your nutrition and look at your sleep for fatigue management. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's actually Oh, Jake's is the next one anyway, because it kind of goes back into like those people that are maxing out in the gym. So Jake basically asked, what, oh, yeah, do, yeah. do earphones help if you're trying to like get a one, one rep max, like pumping up music in your head? Is there any like, he goes, is there any like any studies on it? I was like, no, there's no studies on it. It's, this, that's a kind of hard one to do <laughs> yeah. studies on, you know, right. because there's so, so many variables. So basically this would be an anecdotal thing. I yeah. lift better when there's heavy music banging around, right? In the end, it's going to come down to the person, Jake. Mm -hmm. So if you're one of those people that loves to have heavy music, you know, smashing out loud in your ears, oh, I get pumped up, ah, to get a big lift, that's cool. Use earphones, crank up the stereo, whatever gets you going. Yeah. Is it is it always going to work? No. Some people like to not get overhyped. Some people like to be really super focused and mm -hmm. just focus on the lift and not worry about all this extra noise and they just, just zone I'm out. I'm like that. If I get too excited, I, I, I have to pump myself up. I get too excited, I get like, jittery yeah. and I, I make silly mistakes. I yep. get like too stimulated. So I have to bring it down a peg. Yeah. Um, whereas one of my clients, Michelle, uh, for her, especially for her comps, mm -hmm. she's got her headphones in until right up till she goes onto the platform. Yep. Otherwise she, she gets like a little too nervous, a little too stressed. She's got, it's like a ritual, I guess. And a lot of people are very ritualistic like that. Some people have to do the same thing for the setup for their lifts all the time. Yeah. And that's actually a pretty common one. People like just cranking music as loud as they can. So they can't hear or think, and they can just focus on lifting heavy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's everyone's completely, completely different. Some up people to the find individual. that way too distracting, not yeah. being able to think. So I I personally think that if you need music to get G'd up, it's probably something that you could work on. Like I yeah. think that if you were able to teach yourself how to flip the switch when it's time to get ready for something that's yeah. important, that's actually a really good skill to have because it crosses over to real life. It's not just it's like exactly. Let's say there's a there's a car accident and the car bursts into flames. There's a child in the back, you and you have to get over baby. there, smash the window, rip the child. You'd be like, "Wait one second, hold on, hold on." And then you, not this like, song, not the wait, hold on, hold wait, on. just wait. Stop I know it's on fire, burning stop, to death. Stop yelling. I've just not wait. found the right song. Yeah, just wait, right? <laughs> just yeah, I feel like it's actually a good skill to have in everyday life, not necessarily for that example. It's funny that you say that though, because uh, maybe like a year and a half, two years ago, I listened to this audiobook by um, David Goggins called "Can't Hurt Me," and. Yeah. Listen to the audio book. It's better than reading the book because he doesn't he doesn't read the book. He gets someone else to read the book. Oh, he doesn't but, narrate it? No, but he speaks to that guy in between all the chapters and he like explains him a little bit. It's, it's pretty interesting. Anyway. So do you hear his voice as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he's not reading the book. Another okay. guy reads the book. He, in between the chapters, they talk about it all, oh, right? Cool. So he's still on the audio book. Really interesting book. Dude's savage. What's it called again? David Goggins can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. He's a, he was an ex-Navy SEAL, does crazy like ultra marathons now. He, he used Same to have the world stuff. record for like... Most chimps in a day, it was like in the thousands. The stuff like, that he does mad is man. unbelievably crazy. And yeah. the, the motivation I got from that book was like, if this guy can push himself that far, maybe I can do yeah. one more rep. Well, right? his whole thing was like embrace the suck, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So really interesting book. But he does say stuff like that where he talks about like, if you need another form of motivation, you're lacking something. Like you should be able to do that yourself. You should be able to dig deep. You need to find the intrinsic motivation exactly. to get up for something that's important. And so I tried to lean into that a little bit. Put some noise canceling headphones on if you've got them. And try to, in complete silence, do a heavy lift. It's really hard. It's so hard because you have to actually focus on everything that you're doing. There's no external stimulus. It's it's 
difficult it took a little bit of getting used to yeah. so for a couple of years i tried to just like whatever songs on like not change the song not do anything like that and just lift with whatever i got available at the time right and um it's it's difficult to do because like britney spears is on you're like oh man this if you can suffer through britney spears and still pump out some heavy squats <laughs> you're doing the right stuff yeah. but it's it's hard to shift like that the, unless, the noise... you, unless you get red lights and then oops i did it again Oops, I did it again. <laughs> then it's relevant yeah. but yeah that's um anecdotal at best jake yeah it's it's yeah up to the individual yeah. up to the individual man yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh megan asks megan uh current australian champion i say two time two time australian champion australian champion in both the asa australian strongman alliance and now australia's strongest so undisputed unanimous australia's strongest woman for the under 82s which is amazing uh her question is is does wearing a tight weights belt um regularly can it inf- can it change or affect like the internal structure of like her organs because she feels like it's so tight and it's so uncomfortable like is it like messing my guts up like is it squishing my intestines together and like is it going to affect you know going to the bathroom or this and that or whatever question yeah i put it again can't find any research on this but i would say i would say no i'd say you're not wearing your weights belt anywhere near long enough like when they used to do like body modification back in the day when women would wear those crazy corsets and actually try to force it in they're wearing them all day. And they, they purposely did that. They wore them all day and, long. And, and and at a specific age as well. When the right. girls were younger and they were going through going through puberty, they would yeah. wear them while they were having their growth spurts. And it would be um, it's like when um Chinese women used to wrap their feet. Bind their, bind their feet. But they're binding it twenty four hours like it's all day. All the time. So and, you would and, have to be wearing a weight belt yeah. almost all day, every day for years and years and years for it to for you to grow and change differently yeah i just feel like we're not wearing it anywhere near long enough like even in a session like today we had six sets of squats where you wore a weight belt and each set it was six reps it's lasting what 30 seconds yeah so you got three minutes of wearing a weights belt i mean on a day where you use a lot of belt you might wear it for a combined amount of time of five or six minutes like it's just not enough time to do any sort of structure everything in your body is soft tissue and it recovers it's not designed to like if i pressed into my skin and it didn't recover well that Mm. would suck right so if every time i put pressure on my body Body, even a little bit it would like morph my body into a weird shape mm. so it takes it takes it takes it's like everything it's it's time. it's time and consistent pressure yeah. like i was uh having visalign not in at the moment because i'm fixing my teeth for my wedding they're gonna look beautiful i had some crooked teeth and basically it's like over six months of wearing the retainers basically 23 and a half hours i take them out when i eat i brush my teeth i put them back in mm. and it took and, and there wasn't like my teeth weren't all like I wasn't snaggle tooth, all right. Like I had a couple crooked teeth, and, and I wanted to bring some forward. Yeah. It took six months of like twenty three hours a day, and then like the retainers changed and got sm- like different shape every like, two weeks. It's like, it's like no wearing a waist belt it, for six minutes a day a is lot, not gonna. It takes yeah. a lot to remodel and change yeah. your body. Like the 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 monks, I love the Shaolin monks. Oh, the Shaolin crazy. monks. They train for months and years to be able to punch things hard with their fists without them breaking. They mm. start like by flicking. A bag of beans, like rice. They hit rice bags. Well, they start off with like beans, and they just like do like strikes, and they do like thousands and thousands a day with like soft beans, and then they upgrade the beans to harder beans, and then upgrade and upgrade and upgrade and upgrade, and over time, eventually, years and years and years later, they can like punch concrete without breaking their hands and stuff. But it takes years to get to that point. Yeah, it's not that easy to make those changes in your body. Otherwise. Everyone who wears a weight belt a lot would have weird, crazy shapes. Yeah, exactly. They'd look funny. I've seen a lot of thick boys out there with weight belts. They definitely look like they've been wearing a corset their whole life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. answer is no. Yeah, I would say most, probably not. Look, a, a probability of 99.9% no. Yeah, let's leave it open-ended. Open-ended, but no. <laughs> um, Deb has three questions for us. These are good ones. Actually. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to um, get the first one. You can get – we can both maybe get the second one, and I'll let 
Actually, we're going we're to talk about them all because I've, I've, I've got input that I want to input into all of them. Okay. Yeah. The first question is, uh, and this was before I released the Bulgarian split squat tutorial video, but Deb asked, what's the difference between a Bulgarian split squat and a back foot deficit lunge? Oh, because they're both... The, yeah, I've been doing it with lots of people. They're great, actually. Shout um, out to Guy, his favorite exercise. Favorite exercise. Hey, Bulgarian split squats. Um, uh, she goes, what's the difference? And at that time, we had a, a rear foot deficit lunge, but we didn't have a, a Bulgarian split squat. The difference, yep. Deb, and if I do mention this in the Bulgarian split squat video, I'm going to link it right here. <laughs> Up there. Um, <laughs> is that a deficit lunge with the rear foot, yeah, the back foot's elevated. It's usually elevated less, like 15 centimeters, right? It's not going to be 30 or 45 centimeters. It's like a small elevation. And we are lunging, which means both legs are putting in work, right? Both legs are putting in an equal amount of work. A, a Bulgarian split squat, usually you'll find the back foot is higher, so usually around 30 centimeters. Now, some people that have poor mobility, they might be a little lower. If you're really tall with a long leg, you might be up at 45 centimeters, right? But let's say 30 centimeters, a good starting point for most people. The weight is shifted forward over the front leg and the front leg does 90 plus percent of the work. So when we go down, we're not lunging, or we are basically loading that front leg for a squat. So really a, a deficit lunge is both legs are working equally, and because you're very upright, you get a lot of stretch through your um, your back legs, hip flexor and quad. I would say like the focus the focus of those deficit lunges is specifically to get some extra length in your hip flexors and right. quads. But when you lean forward on a Bulgarian split squat and load the front leg, you don't feel any stretch in the back because it's just there for balance. So it's really um, emphasizing the front leg quad drive squat versus both legs and a quad hamstring hip flexor stretch. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, second question. Uh, Deb asked, is it normal to want to pee or to accidentally have, you know, have a little bit of pee come out if you're doing like really heavy lifts. Now this this one, so you answer first, okay. right? But I got something to say about this one. Oh, okay? all right. Yeah, I got something to say. Probably <laughs> an unpopular opinion. Oh my goodness! You go first. So um, the answer is yes. yes. Yeah. It is not common in males. In females, it is far more common. Okay, and after you have a baby, it is even more common again. Okay. Um, for whatever reason, the pelvic floor muscles just either aren't as strong or aren't able to contract as well um, with the women when they do the heavy lift, and you'll get a little bit of incontinence where a little bit of pee sometimes will come out. How common is it? Again, it's different for the person. You'll have people that lift incredibly heavy weights that never have an issue, and you have some people that have a small issue, might get a few little drips come out, and you get some people that will have like a lot come out. So it really depends on the person. If it's something that you're worried about, you can sort of work on your pelvic floor um, engagement and bracing and strengthening exercises. You can work on it a lot. Kegel exercises Even help with that. Even working on it a lot though, still you can have a very strong pelvic floor and still it happens Correct. sometimes. Um, and it does have a name. I want to say it's called like a acute stress-induced incontinence or something around those lines where like when you experience a really you know heavy push, um, it will happen. Um, how do people deal with it? I know uh, I've heard of powerlifters that will wear a pad. Um, just in case it happens. And and one of the ladies that I've talked to that has worn a pad has said it's never had to use it, but it's just been there just in case because yeah. um, she was worried about it. Mm -hmm. But it's never been an issue. Um, and, you know, sometimes if it's just a couple of drips, people won't, you know, it's not, you're not even going to see it. It's not going to be an issue. It's no big deal. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts? Well, well, so, okay. A little bit of pee, it happens. It's a part of life. You can't avoid it. We're all adults here. Okay, it just, it happens. Be cool about it. Be cool. Now, the issue that I have is there was 
There was a so, video recently. So, first of You've all, no, not too. recently. That's a little CrossFit is crazy sometimes. CrossFit's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've talked about this before. Breathe a lot of life back into the fitness industry. They sometimes do some crazy stuff. I watched this video of basically trying to like make it funny and okay to piss yourself while you exercise, okay? A little bit of pee is fine. Some people have those problems. They can't deal with it, right? You, you can deal with it a little bit like we just talked about. But the CrossFit Games, all right? They do some crazy stuff. Those, those women do some crazy stuff, right? I draw the line where you're doing burpees, literally splashing in piles. I've never even seen this. Is this a thing? Yes, in puddles of your piss, like splashing piss everywhere, okay? You're not a savage, okay? If you're pissing that much while you're pushing your body to your limit like that, like put a towel down, something, right? Yeah. But they basically were saying like, oh, do you pee when you exercise? Yeah, I pee when I exercise. And they, they do the whole like audience interaction thing. And some people are like, I pee all the time. You're like, yeah, cool. Like you're a normal person. But then these women who are competing right. were like pushing their bodies to the absolute limits. And then they were just, just slapping around in piles of piss. And right. I'm, there's, a, there's a limit. I think there's a limit. Yeah, there's I other think, people in the gym. Yeah. Okay. There's other people training and I clean the floor here. If someone started doing that, they're like, I've just got to get another six burpees. And they were splashing around their piss. I'd be like, out of here. <laughs> Go clean up, please. Yeah. Are we going to beep that out? Yeah, no, we say, how dare you? How dare you? Um, like that's, I feel like that is, is like a little bit disrespectful when you get to that point. Yeah. Okay. There are other people in the gym. I understand it happens, but pushing your body to that level, that's like me squatting so much that I shit my pants. Okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure. It happens, but don't push your body that hard if it can't handle it. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. So I that's think, maybe so, an unpopular so maybe, opinion yeah. there. No, I don't think but that's unpopular. I think, just me. I think the fact that you see like gushing amounts of pee would be pretty dang rare. And I'm not talking like a little bit. I'm talking enough to splash in. Okay? Uh, there was, that's um, like a lot. There was a, uh, I, I want to say she was a pro bodybuilder and maybe she's doing some power, powerlifting now. Um, and she was deadlifting. Um, it's a more recent video. And every deadlift, it was like, significant like full streams power and she's like it just happens every time I deadlift and then like sure enough this lady it's like not when she benches or anything else but like deadlifts just for whatever reason it goes um you know it's like yeah, maybe chuck a towel down or something like i guess yeah, it depends like on like, like if that. it's your gym or if you go to a gym like you have to try to i guess if if it's an issue like there's a significant amount work with your gym to that was to find a, to find it to it, find yeah. a good solution it, whether it's like you do that exercise maybe outside of a towel or exactly. in like some sort of happens, some sort of fine. um pad yeah. or adult diaper if I'm you not can't sure. stop yeah. it from happening like you can't stop it from right. happening but don't try and don't try and this video did this where they tried to be like oh it just happens right 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 like yeah. but come on like within reason okay yeah. within reason guys come within, on now within reason within it's reason. still like it's never okay for me to urinate in public, right? Ever. Especially near a school. No. If I started squatting and I was like, I just got to help it. Oh, and I was peeing all over the floor. Uh, people would be pretty upset with me. Okay? <laughs> so there's, like, there's, a, there's a limit to the amount. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. all I have to but say look, about it. But if it happens and you're working hard and you can't help it, hey, you can't help it. Exactly. You know? That's exactly. it. It's yeah, a thing. So the, this is fine. Find that limit. Right. Work with it. Uh, I would be upset if I had to mop <laughs> up the gym every single time you came in to do deadlifts. I, after a while, I'd be like, oh, again? <laughs> so just be respectful to the gyms that you train at. Right. Um, Deb's third question, which is um, a really good question. She goes, is there a limit on 
uh, mobility. And the reason why she asked that, yeah. she and she she then prefaced it by saying, um, well, she prefaced this question by saying, uh, an example is like she's doing pancakes, and after a while, she just stopped improving on the pancakes. Because granted, I don't do them um, all the time, but like there's a point, like she improved a lot, and there's a point where it seems to not really be improving. Mm-hmm. I'll have, give a quick opinion first. You're my mobility dude. You yep. can give your opinion afterwards. It should be more in depth. Is that I would say. There are sometimes limitations on mobility and flexibility due to the biomechanics of the person. So let's say um, when you're uh, squatting uh, into a full range of motion squat, sometimes people, the angle of the, the, the femur goes into their hip socket does not allow them to do an astrograss squat. And that is a physical impingement that they cannot get past. It doesn't matter how much hamstring and hip flexor mobility they do, they cannot squat astrograss. Okay? So yes, sometimes there are mechanical impingements that do not allow you to improve your mobility. What I would say is probably more likely the case in this scenario, Deb, and you even said it yourself, is that you don't do them super regularly. It's like lifting weights. If you lift weights once a week and you bench press once a week, yeah, your chest will get a little stronger. If you have great programming and it's periodized, you'll probably continue to get stronger for quite a while. But after a while, it's going to get harder to get stronger. Mm -hmm. So if you have those sticking points, you might need to do pancakes twice a week or three times a week. And I would dare say that you probably start to improve again mm. if there's no mechanical, physical, like, impedance. Yep. That would be, my, that would be yep. my thing. I'd agree with you there. The, the mobility stuff that I do, I used to do just a lot of mobility for the sake of mobility, just to like, oh, I'll see what I can do. Since I started working here, it's been more focused on improving performance specifically to do with strength, right? Yep. So there's always an objective and there's an end goal. So it's not just... Like you don't want to be too flexible in your squat. If you squat and your butt literally touches the floor with a bar on your back, you're not going to get back up, right? You can do that, but just because you can do that, it doesn't mean you should do that. It's not uh, productive for squatting heavy. So with things like pancakes, once you get to a certain limit, it's really just about maintenance, right? If we're using pancakes to keep a bit of length and strength in your lower back and in your hamstrings, then we get to a certain level. And then you do it once a week, maybe to just maintain that, to stay on top of it. But you can't keep improving forever. You can't. There's like everything, there's a limit to it. Right. And you don't need a ridiculous amount of range for a lot of exercises. Like I was talking about before, strength has a limit as well. You can't be unbelievably flexible through your spine and then unbelievably strong. You put a heavy bar on your back and you fold in half and die. So we need some tension and some strength. Right. So there's there's always a tipping point. So either, like you were talking about squats, for example, yep. if you can't get to depth on your squat and you're getting red lights, then the mobility is to get you to depth on your squats. And once you can get past depth, then you just use those exercises to maintain that range of motion. Correct. Uh, if you... Uh, have issues pressing overhead and you can't press heavy overhead without pain, then you do your shoulder mobility stuff to get that same thing. Then you just maintain that. So you want to find a good balance between how well your body can move and how strong you are. Yeah. So it's really yeah. just to improve either performance or reduce the risk of injury. Right. So that's that's really good. In summary, I guess what you're saying is that um, is that once you get to a certain point, like maybe with a pancake, if you can get to 45 degrees, well, and that was enough to help you get out of the bottom of a squat, well, that's great. Just keep doing that. Yeah. And um, and if we want to, for whatever reason, if you just want to be able to show off your pancake and get your chest to floor, you yeah. might need to start practicing two or three times a week. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly what I use my pancakes for as well. I, I have them once a week in my program at the moment, and they're just there to keep my lower back. People might be asking, what is, what's a pancake, guys? And what I'll direct you to is not the corner this time because I only get five links per video and I don't want to waste a link on a pancake. Oh, really? okay. Okay. Um, but what uh, we will watch here and what I'll put up up in the middle of the screen is one of Adrian's clients 
uh, Haley. Oh, yeah. Doing this sweet ass pancake. Click this. Watch this. All right. So we'll watch and then we'll put it on the screen. Look at this pancake, guys. This right here is what we call a weighted pancake, where you have a, um, you can have a barbell or a plate on her back. Boom. All the way to the ground and then all the way back up. But Haley used to have back problems. She can crush it now. Okay. So, yeah, the goal of this specifically, talking about the specific goals of your training is she can get to the floor, her back stays mostly straight, and then it starts to round a little bit. And we're trying to get to the floor with her back being completely straight. If you have really tight hamstrings, tight lower back, and you try to deadlift, some people are too tight to pull their back into a nice straight position mm. and their lower back rounds. And what happens then when, when they, it rounds? It, it hurts. It can hurt them. Exactly. Yeah. So doing stuff like pancakes, trying to work on keeping that tension in your back, means that when you go to pull into a deadlift, you can tighten everything up and keep a nice strong shape. So for things like squats and deadlifts where people have tightness through their hips, like really tight hips, it's a fantastic exercise to help loosen everything up enough, but it's weighted and keep everything strong enough yeah. to be able to pull yourself in some nice strong positions. Uh, yeah, it's 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 all about specificity. And we've talked about this before as well, like an, an objective of, of training. It's all about specificity. You have to try and pick an exercise with a purpose. Everything has a reason. So sometimes... Mobility for the sake of mobility. If you just want to be bendy, cool, go for it. Right. But um, specifically to do with pancakes, there's always, and to do with, I would say your program, specifically Deb as well, is strength. Mobility is to assist the strength stuff. So there always has to be a limit to how far you push it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next question. Uh, and thanks for those, Deb. They were three good questions. We yeah. like those questions. Yeah. Um, next question is actually two. We'll get, I forgot, there's two Ash C ones. We'll put the second one up top as well. Uh, which Ash one are we doing? Ash C, the first one. Okay. Is, um, is there, and this links onto, is there a limit on mobility? Is there a limit on the, on, on the amount of strength gains you can get? No, right. no, there is. Come on, hey, um, is there a limit on strength gains for you, Ash? No, the sky's the limit. No, yes, and and very similar uh, response. Uh, is there a limit on strength gains? If you train once a week, you're gonna start to get some strength gains. Um, after a while, they'll slow down a little bit, right? So you go to two times a week, you get some good gains. Mm -hmm. Three times a week, right? So it's one of those things. It's like, well, you can get strength gains if you work more often if you have good intensity if you periodize your programs where you work on heavier and more intense and then you get let your body recover and heal or if you build volume so i did 10 kilos for eight reps and then the next week for 10 reps for a couple of weeks and then up to 12 reps and then all of a sudden let's drop it back to eight reps you've taken out you know 30 percent of your volume and you go up a weight and then you do the same process right so there are ways that you can continually get stronger are there limits yeah, there, there are limits. There are genetic, you know, genetic limits. So if you have a guy that is six foot eight, like Hathor Bjorgensen, right, and weighs two hundred kilos, the pure size of him and the pure real estate to build muscle is nice, going to be nice, more nice. Yeah. than a sixty kilo guy that is five foot four. Exactly. He just physically has more space to build muscle, yeah. thicker joints to build a like. It's just a bigger blank canvas, basically. So yeah, there are limits. Um, also strength has a lot to do with central nervous system. So like if you train really hard and build big muscles, but you're doing just volume all the time and then you switch over to a strength-based program, yeah, you'll get stronger because you are, you are then enhancing your central nervous system. So your, uh, muscle coordination, um, your muscles activating in the correct kinetic chain and working together to lift heavy. So the answer is for most people, you'll never probably fully reach, uh, your limit. Like but for some of those extreme athletes, there's some, there's some caps. And there's there, a difference you know? between regular people and extreme athletes. And I say this to my clients all the time. If you want to do more, like as you do more, you have to do more. So if you want to compete against other people in your state, in your country, in a world-class level, you need to dedicate a lot of what you do to training. So it's not just about the training. Then it's about 
how much you're eating and how you're eating. And mm-hmm. then it's about what you actively do for recovery. So you can push your body harder and recover better. And then it's about like mentally what you're putting into it. And then it's about how much time you're actually putting into your training. Some people have full-time jobs and can't afford the time to actually train as much as they would need to, to right. realize their full strength. Like there's, there's, as you get stronger and as you push harder, you need to put more and more and more time into your strength. So yeah. that cap and that limit is really based on how much you can afford to commit to it. That's correct. And a great example of this, um, and I'll pull up the video, a great example of this is my dad, Ash, right? So my dad is 75. He's actually the strongest he has ever been in bench press. He can bench press 100 kilos. He's 75 years old. He weighs 82 kilos. The last four years, five years that we've been training together, we train twice a week, okay? We train twice a week. In the in the last few weeks before a comp, we up it to three times a week, right? But on two sessions a week, for the last four years, he has continued to get stronger and stronger in the bench press because we have a good program structure um, and, and he works hard in those sessions, right? Um, is there a limit for him? I mean... He's well past his peak testosterone days. They would have died out in his 30s and 40s, right? But he's still improving. So if a 75-year-old guy that weighs the same as he did four years ago can bench press 20 kilos more now than he can four years ago, um, and he's by no means in his physical prime, yeah, there's no like you you can still keep getting way stronger. All right, we're gonna watch it right here as well. I'll put it up on the screen for everyone to see. It's my dad. So strong. This is him bench pressing 100 kilos at the w- GPC WA State Powerlifting Championships. And um, and this was his third attempt. This was a two and a half kilo PB. He did do it in the gym, but not competition. This looks good too. And now so good. Um, he has actually uh, been given the nod for a nomination for the 2022 Masters World Championship GPC Worlds, Where he's uh, going to be doing what Slovakia. Now? He's going to be going for the bench only world record. If he can get 103 kilos, it will be a world record. Yeah, so 102 awesome. and a half is the current world record. You're allowed to beat world records by half kilo. He'll be going for 103 this October in Slovakia. Um, so yeah, is there a strength on? Is there a limit on strength? Probably. Uh, is your everyday person going to find it? Probably not. So the the thing I was going to talk about with bench as well is yeah. that sometimes limitations on strength come to. What were you going to say? This always gets me. The word anthropometry or anthropometrics. Let's just pretend that I know that word. Anyways, uh, how your body is made up. Like, for example, Nevin and and myself, we have a similar bench. There's 7.5 kilos difference. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. All right? Hey. Just bear with me. 7.5 kilos I'm not, I'm not, is a world mean, difference. I'm not being mean, right? But 7.5 kilos apart, uh, I have tiny little short T-Rex arms, and Nevin has much longer arms. Than you can't see. Put, put them above you. like a hand link. So that makes a big difference because our squat and deadlift is a world apart. He deadlifts and squats much more than me. A deadlift, um, let's just say at States, you did a 225? For squats, I did 220 and 225 deadlift, yeah. Yeah, and I pulled a 270 the week before States, right? So I've got about 50 kilos on both both lifts. I was going to die after doing that. Um, But only 7.5 on the bench. Granted, I don't like bench, so I don't really train it much. <laughs> we were training as much as each other on bench, and that's that's it's a. I would say that's a pretty big difference. And it's a big difference. It's yeah. just because my arms are short. But and is there I a have limit? To move the bar like this much. Yeah. Is there a limit? No. If I train bench more and focus on it, but who cares? But then about if bench? I train bench, so what I'm saying is, you get like people who are really really strong and good at powerlifting tend to be the shorter. The shorter guys, right? There's always the exception to the rule, but like really short people tend to do well with strength. You, yeah, you want yeah, it's all based yeah, on yeah. lever system. So if I get the same exact person, they're a clone of person one and person B, and I just do this to one person and make them a little bit shorter and make all their muscle belly shorter, limbs shorter, and they'll probably be a bit stronger than that other person. So that does 
take into account, like he was saying genetics as well, that does take into account a, a limit and cap on strength too. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's a fun one, that one. It's a fun one, hey? Yeah. I just like to tell people how our benches are very similar. They're not that similar, <laughs> They're not that similar. <laughs> right. Who are we doing next? Uh, I guess we're going to move on to uh, Ash's second question, which is down near the bottom, which is um, uh, what's oh, the most yeah. accurate way to assess your BMR? Hey, what's a BMR, Adrian? Uh, BMR is a basal metabolic rate. Basal metabolic rate, yeah. yeah. Well, and what does that whoa, mean? Whoa. Basal or basal? Well, this is not the plant. This is a basal metabolic rate. Or is it basal metabolic rate? It's not. Rate? It's basal metabolic rate. You're putting rate. a different emphasis on a different syllable? <laughs> hey, no. Hey, you stop that right now. Um, <laughs> basal metabolic rate, which is what, Adrian? Uh, your basal metabolic rate is just the amount of calories that you need in your body at rest just to, to survive. To so if you, were to just, if you yeah. were just to lie down in a bed all day, not doing anything, just breathing, just to be alive, you how many calories? You still need a certain amount yeah, of calories, how many to calories to just maintain function. Just to maintain function and to like not lose weight. Like just to, to be yeah. the same. To be the same. To yeah. be at rest. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the best way to measure that? Because there are calculators out there. Obviously, every food tracking app has a built-in little formula. You put your weight in, your age, your, you know, and it'll say, hey, your basal metabolic rate is this much. Eat this many calories and then add on whatever exercise you work, and right? to be fair, those apps, they're not that inaccurate. They can be. They're not but, that bad. But they're based on the stuff that we've learned. They're based on a heap they're based on have, a yeah. heap of averages. Um, so for the average person, it's pretty 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 accurate. Okay. Yeah. So you can and if you just Google basal what's my basal metabolic rate, there'll be a whole heap yeah. of, of of websites that they all use one of I think two formulas, um, very common formulas for figuring out your basal metabolic rate. Yeah. Okay. Um, but she goes, what is the best way to assess? And the best way is an indirect calorie calorimetry. Calorie calorimetry calorimetry <laughs> indirect calorie metry indirect calorie metry oh my god calorie. tongue twisted calorimetry no it's just calorie metry calorie metry and basically <laughs> sorry indirect calorie metry hey. um, what that means is uh basically you hook yourself up to a to a metabolic cart and it measures the amount of oxygen that your body consumes and from that they can figure out the how amount of energy that? that your body burns. How does it do that, Nevin? It has. What do you do? Formulas. What do you mean? No, how? Like how, so for people who don't know what a metabolic cart is, like oh, so literally what do you do? Oh, no, no, no. For this one, it's not like finding out your VO2 max. This is literally you just, you just basically... breathe into it. Yeah, thing, right? it's yeah. like they, you breathe into this cart and it measures how much oxygen and carbon dioxide and stuff you are exhaling and it can figure out yeah. um, from what you are... what oxygen you are actually using per breath it can figure out your energy expenditure so that's the most accurate way like very accurate very very accurately um but again i'm not sure how much it costs it's probably pretty expensive it's probably hard to find metabolic cuts where you know that you can go and do that sort of thing in. i remember going over this thing at uni where mm -hmm. it's like the most accurate way that they can do that is you go into it's a heat room or something like that you like get into this room and so that there's no room for error at all they literally measure exactly how much change there is in it's like a way for measuring heat Expulsion as well as oxygen, like everything. So okay. when you yep. breathe into a cart, you're still like burning energy through other sources, and this yep. measures like everything. It's a very, very that might be. There's another one expensive. called. There's another one called direct cal calorie metry, which that might be what you're referring to. But they the one that I'm more hyper specific. Yeah, the one very, that I'm more familiar with is indirect cal yeah. calorie metry, which is when you're basically yeah using the this metabolic. This is used cart. widely because it's actually like. Uh, what do they call it? A feasible it? option. A feasible option. The other one is a giant room you have to build and it's expensive right. and silly. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the most accurate way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and then if you, if you, you know, don't find yourself a, a place where you can do that and you want to, you know, have a crack, I would suggest um, doing a basic Google search or using your MyFitnessPal, whatever it is, to My find Fitness out what Pal, they say actually a pretty is. good one. Yeah. And then try to be as accurate as possible with your food reporting 
right? Um, because let's say you eat exactly 1,800 calories and you're reporting your cooking, the oils you use to cook, you're reporting the salad, you're reporting everything as best you can. Let's say you eat 1,800 calories a day and let's say you do that every day for a week and your weight stays exactly the same for a week, right? Um, then we know that you're in a, a, a neutral maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. So if you deduct the 1,800 calories, then you're at your basal metabolic rate minus your exercise, right? So let's say you don't exercise that week. Yeah. And that's not going to be as accurate because you have um, the thermic effect of food. You have your non-exercise um, Just allowance. Just doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So there's other things like that. So I would recommend either finding yourself a metabolic cut and doing a, um, a, a test or to just use something like my fitness belt, which is probably pretty close. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. That answers your questions there, Ash. Yeah. All righty, guys. That is 45 minutes in. This was an hour and a half long podcast, and we want to make sure that everyone's enjoying and listening to all the questions. So we're going to cut that one there. Two we're going to put it into two parts, part one, part two. This is the end of part one. We hope you enjoyed, and please tune back in uh, next week or whenever I next upload this next one uh, for part two where we're going to get another 45 minutes of question and answers. Thanks as, very much. As always. Make sure you like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Right. Uh, like and subscribe. And yeah, with, with these questions that answer podcasts, we really, really like them. So ask some questions. Chuck them in the comments. Um, contact us, message us on Instagram, on our personal numbers, on like just just give us the questions. We like these podcasts, guys. It's fun. Uh, yeah, and um, like and subscribe. That's another important one as well. Like and we'll, subscribe. We'll wait. Are you doing it? Do it. Should be doing it right Just now. do it. We'll wait. We'll wait. You got time. You got time. Come back. See ya. Okay. Anyways, that's enough time for that. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time for part two.